Good day, everybody. This is Troy Hudkins with Lessons for Life podcast with my guest today, Mike Fick. Mike, how are you doing today? Thanks for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm, it was a great day. Nice and warm out. Awesome. Did you get out on the bike today? I was out on the bike uh, this morning, went and walked uh, dogs with some friends and yeah. Nice. Right on. Yeah, it's been some pretty good weather the last couple of days down here. Yeah, I rode the bike to work on Thursday. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, I know I saw people riding their bikes on January, middle of yeah. January. Yeah, that was awesome. That's yeah, awesome. so far I've been able to ride every month this year. So That's awesome. Put the miles on. Yep. So to start with, who is Michael Fick? Oh, it's a great question. Um, well, I'm turning 57 this year, uh, and uh, it's been a very interesting uh, year with COVID. I, uh, last, last year, I was out of work for the first time in my life. Oh, yeah. I've been working. I was 13. Well, I've been working since I was seven on the farm, you know, but right. 13 for real money. <laughs> and uh, I work for the the city and run the lounge at uh, the NMAX center. And with COVID it shut everything down real quickly. Yeah. So yeah, I spent uh, a bit of the summer trying to adjust to not working, which took <laughs> a large, large adjustment. And well, I've got uh, two kids and three grandchildren. I'm on my second marriage, uh, so. Right on. I was born in Ontario and my dad moved us out here when we were quite young to run a dairy farm just outside of Coaldale. Nice, right on. I worked on a dairy farm for a year when I was a lot younger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, up by, up by Edmonton. It was a pretty cool experience. Yeah, it was a fun, uh, I don't know how long we were there for. I think I was seven when we moved out here. And uh, I think we moved off the farm when I was 14. So. Nice. Right on. That's cool. Um, so you're just turning 57. I'm going to turn 58 this year. Um, how what who who would you say has been the biggest influence in your life growing up well my parents were uh, great influences they were hard workers you know old school work all day and uh, I have two brothers and a sister I had uh, a sibling pass away when we were quite young so there was five of us and now there's only four of us. Uh, influences, just the people around me. I'm not really influenced by hockey players or basketball stars or anything like that. Right. Uh, what kind of uh, what kind of inspiration did your siblings have on you? Well, I was the oldest, and uh, so. Of course I had to be the responsible one and <laughs> you know 
growing up in a, a small town like Coldale, you, we rode the, the bus to school and the bus back home. So you really, there wasn't, uh, besides school, there wasn't much besides the farm. It was right. far enough out of town that you couldn't just, you know, walk into town. So you had to make your own fun on the farm and playing in the, the farm buildings and on the, uh, the haystacks. And yeah, we did have some horses and uh, lots of vehicles to play with and tinker with. Nice. Did you learn, did you learn a lot about vehicles? Like, did you, did your dad get you working on them and yes, gins and things? Always, uh, I've always been mechanically inclined. Nice. We always had things to work on. If it wasn't a tractor, it was a, an old truck or a car or motorcycles. Yeah. Yeah. I've uh, torn down quite a few vehicles and rebuilt them. Nice. I, I worked on a pit crew for us. Uh, a race car out at Bridge City for quite a few years. Oh, Started really? off in the stock car, and then uh, the driver moved into sprint cars, and so that was lots of mechanical experience there. Nice, that's awesome. What what kind of uh, what kind of experiences did you gain from working on the pit crew? Uh, well, everybody uh, had their own job usually. So mine was, I was the tire guy on the sprint car. So you had to make sure the tire pressure was just perfect for whatever tires that he was gonna wanna put on next and, and work as a team. Nice. What, what, did, uh, what did that teach you with teamwork? Well, the smallest mistake can bring real consequences <laughs> for everybody <laughs> for everybody yeah. yeah mostly the guy in the car but uh, <laughs> right yeah yeah uh one time someone didn't tighten a uh brake line and it came loose while he was doing you know whatever speed around and he had to come off the track and into the pits and i don't know Sprint cars only have one gear. It's either in or out. And uh, so he, he took it out of gear, but he was still coasting at quite a speed. He yeah. uh, finally uh, got himself stopped by hitting a garbage can against a fence. <laughs> and as soon as it happened, we all knew who was responsible for the, uh, the mistake. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um what do you learn from things like that double check definitely always double check your work yeah yeah especially when someone else's life is on the line oh for sure and and racing that's a, a big deal i mean oh, yeah. it could go bad real quick yes it's it's not like you didn't inflate the basketball to the right pressure. No, yeah, exactly. Or, yeah. yeah, you know, you didn't tighten the net on the volleyball. No, you know what I mean. Yeah, um, awesome. What uh, you've got? A couple of grandkids, three grandkids. You said three. What, yes. What is your so from your from your parents? What would be one lesson that they taught you that you would really like to pass on to the grandkids? Hard work. 
Yeah, definitely. You know, taking time out for the, the family, but working is uh, real responsible and never have uh, enough time, but you also got to have enough money. So Right, right. You want to um, play, you got to pay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You've worked on lots of engines, you said. Do you, you worked in a Harley shop for a while? I worked at a Harley shop for 18 and a half years. Nice. Yeah. I started off there in the motor clothes department, moved into the parts department, and then uh, then moved into the sales and became sales manager for the last uh, while while I was there. Nice. What uh, what motivated you to move towards that job? Um, well, I was in electrical wholesale at the time, and uh, the owner that bought the Harley shop uh, prior for me working there was a master electrician, and so he was my customer at the time, and we rode together. I've ridden uh, motorcycles all my life. Nice. And uh, he just came up to me and says, I want you to come work for me. And I says, well, I'll have a chat with you, but you know, I was pretty, pretty secure where I was at. And, you know, I was doing quite well there and he basically made me an offer. I couldn't refuse. Nice. Did you get inside scoop on some of the Harleys? Oh, definitely. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Got to go to a couple of different dealer shows and, you know, meet the, the Davison family themselves and, Oh, awesome. That would be pretty exciting. Mm -hmm. yeah, I think it was 2003. Nope. That was the 100th anniversary. So it would have been 2005, the first time I met the uh, Willie G. Davidson and his wife. Nice. That's awesome. What would you say has been your greatest experience with the working at the Harvey shop? Just meeting all the people, you know, yeah, it's, you never know who's going to walk through the door. Right. One day, uh, just after I first started and, and uh, it changed my whole view on everything. These two guys came into the uh, dealership and they were pretty much sharing a piece of string for a belt. You know, they didn't look like they had enough to get, save up for one belt. And uh, they were a couple of uh, pig farmers from the Pitcher Butte area, and they had enough money to pay cash for two motorcycles. But when they walked in, I, I greeted them no different than anybody else, and uh, I made the sale. That's and they awesome. Became, became lifelong customers of the dealership. That is awesome. Yeah, never, never judge you. A book by of its cover by any means yeah yeah there's there's a story that i read once about a guy that came into a car dealership similar to what you're saying dressed really scruffy and everything and he came in he tried talking to two or three different salesmen and they all kept kind of pushing him off because yeah. he couldn't <laughs> afford nothing right they're in this big car shop and nobody really gave him the time of day so he walked across the street to the other car dealership went in there talked to a guy there that came right up and 
started chatting with him, asked him what he wanted and everything. Ended up selling him a fleet of vehicles. Yeah. 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 And the guys across the street realized that he had bought like 15 vehicles from this dealership. So, <laughs> yeah, definitely never judge a book by its cover. Um, yeah, over the years, I've dealt with everybody from doctors, lawyers, uh, even some of the, the club guys. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, and I've, I've ridden bikes since I was 12. And up until probably well five years ago when I got rid of my last bike. But um, all the years that I've ridden and all the people that I've ridden with, there is such a wide variety of people that ride. Yeah. And, and meeting them is amazing. You know, they all have great stories. Do you ever make it yeah. down to any of the big events that go on oh yeah 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 i've been to sturgis south dakota for the rally four times now i was planning on going last year <laughs> right we all know how that turned out yeah i've i've been to lots of little rallies uh with 500 people and i've been to rallies with 500,000 people nice nice what is your of all the rides you've done what is your favorite ride um my brother and i did a uh ride in 2010 he also he also rides he lives out in uh, um, parksville out on the island there so we don't get to see each other very often but uh, we went on a two-week ride and that was awesome we we pup tented it and you know nice Eight roadside hot dogs and <laughs> it was an adventure. Nice. That's awesome. We hit Sturges um for the first little bit for the 70th uh, anniversary of Sturges. And then we rode across the United States, stopped in Milwaukee because that's where the plant and the museum and everything is. And then we uh rode over to uh Port Dover, Ontario for the 50th anniversary of um, Friday the 13th rally there. They have a rally every Friday the 13th. Doesn't matter if it's January or... Really? Yeah. Nice. That's kind of awesome. <laughs> different day every year or different, yeah. sorry, different month. Yeah, it, it depends. Still Friday the 13th. <laughs> yeah. 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 Next, next year again, it is in August. So you, cool. you know you're gonna have some nice weather, and cool. it lines up the same time as Sturges. So or this year, I keep thinking, yeah. So 2021. <laughs> so we'll see what happens if I get to go or not. Nice, right on. Um, have you ever had any bad experiences with bikers? <laughs> with bikers, no. I've I've partied with, like I say, some of the the club guys, they pretty much set down the ground rules. You don't go into this area and this is theirs. And, you know, it's, yeah, very respectful. You know, they don't, you know, talk down to you or anything. It's just, they're, they're a group and they let you know that that's that. Right, right. What about like, like on the road? I know anytime 
I've had friends or I've broken down or anything, most bikers will stop and help you no matter what. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah, it, I've I've stopped to help countless people over the years and I've been pretty lucky the last uh 20 some years that I've been riding new motorcycles. When I worked at the dealership, I got a new bike every April 1st. Nice. So <laughs> So nice. breaking down really wasn't an issue, you know, yeah. uh, prior to that, I had a, I remember I had a old 83 Ironhead Sportster that it was, uh, you check the, uh, gas and fill the oil kind of bike. And <laughs> my biggest ride was medicine hat, um, Brooks and back to Lethbridge. And that was an all day adventure. <laughs> right on. <laughs> That's awesome. Where with a new bike, you hop on and you ride for two weeks and get Days. it serviced afterwards, and you know, get everything tightened up later. Yeah. <laughs> I did have a bad experience in 2018 that uh, I got hit by a truck oh. on my motorcycle. Yeah, it was uh, October 18th, and uh, I had the day off. It was a Thursday. And there was so many red flags that I shouldn't have gone riding that day. My uh, plate expires at the end of September. So I went out to the garage. It was, it was 21 degrees, October 18th. So I go to the garage and my plate was expired. So I go down and get a new sticker, slap it on, go to go for a ride and I need gas. Okay, so I go fill up with gas. I'm ready to, I'm ready to ride now. The wife calls and says, oh, we should do lunch. Okay, so um, myself and my wife and our my best our best friend Dallas uh, went and had lunch. I left Back Street at uh, twelve fifty five, and I made it from Back Street South to right behind the Mint Car Wash, and a guy turned to go down the back alley and T-boned me. So oh, I remember that day. Mackenzie was seven. working for you at that time. Mackenzie was, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I made a whole seven kilometers that day. Yeah. I was headed out to Coldale to see one of our uh, riding bunnies, and uh, I never made it, obviously. I, I broke my leg in six places from the kneecap to the ankle. Cracked some ribs, you know. It was, it was a traumatic experience. Yeah. $18,000 damage to my motorcycle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was a uh, $35,000, $40,000 bike. So they rebuilt it. Yeah. Yeah. And it never rides the same afterwards. Actually, they did a great job. I was, I'm 200% uh, happy with what they, oh, the way yeah. it is. The nice. first thing I did while I wasn't riding for six months, but it was also six months of winter. So, right. right. <laughs> yeah. I got back on the bike October, um, April 11th, 2019. Nice. So, yeah. We painted the, it was all black to begin with. Uh, and now it's black and orange. We, we call it, uh, can you see me now, orange? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> flashing lights. Yeah. 
oh, if my wife had her way, I'd be wearing a neon uh, leather outfit with flashing right. lights. Yeah. Yeah, that was the the toughest. Like, I knew I'd, I would have to ride again. I've ridden all my life, and it's right. been, been a huge part of my life. 90% of the, the people I know ride. It was a little tough getting the wife back on the back. She wasn't yeah. with me, thank God, when it happened. Yeah. And she's, uh, yeah, that would, that might have ended my riding. Yeah. Her getting, her getting hurt, hurt. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. Uh, I probably rushed it a little. My left leg wasn't, uh, well, it still isn't 100%, never will be again. I've got uh, about six grand worth of titanium in me. Yeah. You know, nuts and bolts and rods and pins and plates. and. Uh, but uh, my foot wasn't as strong as it should have been, but I'm also a, a knucklehead. <laughs> yeah, Aren't we so, all? Yeah. <laughs> Stubborn? You know, I did all the physio and all that stuff. I was only off work for uh, three months. I went back to work January, I think January 3rd. And uh, they told me the more you can walk on it, the better it's going to be. And my job at the NMAX is a lot of walking. Oh, yeah. So, and then I did all the, did physio and they had to teach me how to walk again. It was so weird. Oh, yeah. You know, like anybody that's had an injury, injury like that. Yeah. Three months of not using it. Yeah. Yeah, I blew my yes. kneecap out when I'm playing hockey when I was quite young. And same thing, I mm. it took me a long time to figure out how to walk and bend my leg properly again. Yeah. Yeah. The physio helped that uh, 200%. So, yeah, right on. Um, what kind of uh, importance does education have to you? Well, I, uh, I never graduated high school. I, uh, <laughs> I became a dad at a young age. Education is real. I, you never stop learning. Uh, I learned something today that I didn't know. But anyways. Uh, <laughs> uh, My five-year-old granddaughter teaches me things I don't know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Charlie, I'm sure. <laughs> Whenever we have a computer problem at work, I'm like, do you want me to get my six-year-old granddaughter in here to fix this for yeah. us? Yep. <laughs> You'd be yeah. like, Grandpa, you got to push here and swipe there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I picked up a job. Well, I was, I was given a job. <laughs> Where my wife works, I'm their receptionist at the uh, Southern Alberta Community Living Association. Oh, right on. And that was totally out of my wheelhouse. You know, I talked on the phone lots and I, uh, but to be a receptionist, I had no idea. Yeah. And uh, so I'm learning new things there all the time. Nice. Things that uh, I never thought I'd have to learn how to operate six different phone lines at the same time, you know? <laughs> oh, please. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. So when we call there, you're the one that's going to answer the phone. I'm the one. Yeah. I've. It's that's funny. Awesome. I've had people phone and, uh, they stop for a second and they're like, "Is this Mike?" <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. I think I might have uh, the wrong number. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, education's real important. I actually uh, worked on the rigs when I was real young and I left the rigs to go back to school. Nice. I was gonna get my grade 12. And then I, I did all the paperwork, signed up, you know, got everything all ready to go. Someone offered me a job. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, I was, uh, I worked as an apprentice uh, electrician down at the sewage treatment plant. So I went home Well, I, I uh, was married quite young. I was, um, and uh, so I went home, talked to the wife. She says, well, you can either do the school thing or you can do the work thing. It's up to you, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I was off the rigs for one week and I, and I've never looked back on, I think about getting my grade 12 every now and then, but until this last thing of COVID, I have been unemployed for one week my whole life. Right. Right. Yeah. What do you think carries more uh, weight with education? Do you think classroom or life lessons? Well, definitely uh, life lessons are a big part. I worked uh, for Wesco Westinghouse and there was five of us that worked there and three of us guys there were named Mike or Michael. <laughs> anyway, so that was interesting. But there was one guy uh, named Mike and he was, you know, college graduate. He could, he was a designer. He was an architect. He could do everything, but he, he could design a light switch, but he had trouble trying to turn one off and on, you know, <laughs> he had the book smart, but he had no, uh, um, he had no people sense. He had no uh, street smarts. Yeah. We tried to teach him to go by his last name and he couldn't even figure that out. And it was Boyd. Yeah. You know, so it's like, <laughs> yeah. One guy went by Michael, one guy went by Mike and one we're trying to teach him to go as Boyd because he was the last one in. Yeah. He called Boyd, he wouldn't even look at you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but definitely, uh, you know, a combination book and street smarts are a good combination, but. Yeah, I think, I think, everybody has to learn stuff in school just to get a basis oh yeah right and then you know once you're out in the world i think in the end i think school teaches you enough to get started there's a lot of learn and progress yeah there's a lot of things they don't teach you in school like how to balance a checkbook you know <laughs> right well i always my wife and i talked about it a few times and we said you know it would be cool if they had a class called life lessons yeah they could teach you how to balance a checkbook how to apply to get an apartment pay your damage deposit go get utilities like kids yeah. don't know that stuff like no you know, when you go get an apartment, you can't just walk in and pay them and move in. Yeah. There's lots of things that got to go together for you to be able to do yeah. that. And and kids just don't know that, right? Unless you and I as parents teach that to them. They don't know. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, uh, of all your friends you have, who do you think has been most influential in your life? Oh, I have a really good group of friends and uh, it's hard to really pick one, 
Um, my friend Erin, I've been friends with her for about 20 years now, and she's been a huge influence in me uh, staying in shape and physically and mentally. Uh, she's a, yeah, a fitness coach, and <laughs> she used to be a shooter girl. So, <laughs> you know, her life has changed a lot. Uh, I have a friend named Tanya that uh, I've known since 2005. And she's been a huge influence on me. She is my boss at the NMAX. And uh, we were friends before that. Uh, she met me uh, one night at uh, Name That Tune when I was dancing on a table. That was her first impression <laughs> of me. So. Uh, oh, you're the uh, guy. <laughs> yeah, I'm always the guy. Uh, I have a real good friend named Dallas. He, he's my riding buddy. He, uh, we've spent thousands of hours uh, riding together. And uh, I know what he's doing before he knows what he's doing half the time. Nice, nice. Uh, um, my wife, obviously, is one of my best friends. We've been together 14 years. We've married, uh, well, this June, we've married two years now. Nice. We got married uh, just before all this uh, COVID stuff happened uh, in, in 2019. And yeah, I've met so many great people in my life. It's, uh, yeah, I have a, an awesome friend who uh, trusts me to drive all of his expensive uh, collector cars, nice. like uh, 69 Daytonas and 69 Roadrunners and uh, a 1957 DeSoto convertible that's valued in the uh, $500,000 range. I've been lucky enough to drive a huge uh, assortment of expensive cars that I would never ever be able to afford. And I, I respect them greatly like they were mine because i know if i did something stupid i'd never be able to pay for it <laughs> <laughs> right and yeah. and i would never be able to do it again you know they would basically right. take away the keys and <laughs> right yeah and that's that's also uh part of the, the friendship with dallas that i've but yeah i've i meet so many great people in my life it's my that's children awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. What's your, what's your biggest life lesson that you've learned so far? <sighs> well, don't take anything for granted. Nothing's a guarantee, um, especially after my uh, accident. You, you know, it could have gone really bad lots of different ways live life to the fullest you know work hard play hard nice nice um what kind of things do you try to instill in your kids i have uh, a boy and a girl they're both uh oh geez they're getting old 
That's how old we are. My daughter's going to be 36 this year. My son's going to be 38. Uh, so, you know, they're, they're not kids anymore. They've, my son's been married and divorced and my daughter, uh, she's been lucky. She met the love of her life in, in high school and they've been together ever since. And they have two children and, you know, own their own house. And where my son, he's a bit of a free spirit. And, you know, he's, he just got laid off last Monday where he was working for six months. And prior to that, he, he was in a car accident. He got rear-ended on Mayor McGrath. He, uh, so that kind of threw him into, he had a uh, double vision from the accident. Yeah. And it really messed him up. Yeah, like ways sick. you can, ways you think, wouldn't even think like pouring glass or water into a glass. He would miss the glass half the time because it wasn't where he thought it was sitting. So, but you know, he's a great kid. Hopefully he gets a job again real soon. Yeah. We've been throwing lots of uh, jobs at him for different places. So nice. He actually worked with me at the Harley shop for a long time. Right on. In part. Right on. Um, what do you do in your downtime? I, I know you ride lots, but what do you do in your downtime to relax and take your mind off things well uh, i love spending time with the family the grandchildren my children uh just unfortunately with all this covid stuff we've been staying away from them right for a lot of it uh basically 2019 i think we saw them well for the first or 2020 for the first few months of covid there we didn't go near them because you know, everybody was afraid of, you know, going near anybody. And unfortunately, children are like little germ factories. They, <laughs> you know, right. Right. yeah. So my middle granddaughter was uh, quarantined two weeks ago because she was a close contact with a kid in her class. So we, you know, we haven't seen them in a long time, it seems like. So, yeah. It makes it hard. We haven't seen ours either. We got yeah. She's getting big too. So well, we've seen Charlie a bit here and there, but um, like we got grandkids in Grand Prairie, and we got some down in the U.S. And it's oh yeah, you know, making those trips, you can't mm -hmm. right. Yeah, we see Charlie once in a while, not very often, but yeah. Have you ever played sports growing up? Did you? get involved uh, in that i never really got into sports i was always into vehicles and i did try out for the uh high school football team i made the high school football team i never played a game of high school football <laughs> lots of practice though uh the the coach and i had a uh, disagreement and I didn't think he had the right to be yelling at me the way he was. And, <laughs> and uh, that was the end of my high school football career. So you quit high school football. I, I was kicked out <laughs> <laughs> for yelling back at the coach. And yeah. 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 I, you know, I did all the 
school stuff, track and uh, wrestling and all that kind of stuff. But I never really got into anything outside. I was a scout leader for uh, 15 years. Okay. My son uh, went through the whole scouting organization and my my ex-wife was a uh, Brownie Spark guide leader. So we were a real scouting family. Right on. What did you learn from that? Or what did you, what kind of lessons for life do you think that taught the kids? Oh, lots, lots, you know, simple things of how to, you know, uh, make a fire with two sticks kind of thing. You know, it's, we did lots of tenting, lots of, you know, roughing camping. Uh, Even uh, my daughter, loves to camp still she's you know camps with the grandchildren still and my son has well my son uh was kind of camping today he was just out in a tent with his daughter for the day you know down at henderson and yeah hanging out right on uh, yeah well the scouting organization was great to be part of Lots of things I did there I would have never done in my real life because, you know, yeah. winter camping. Who wants to go winter camping? But right. when you're a scout leader, you got to do it and dig a hole and put a tarp in and put a sleeping bag in it and get a it's good night's pretty sleep. pretty warm. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. If you got the right equipment, it's you can do anything. Yeah. Well, that's like those, you know, you build an igloo and you put a candle in there and the candle's enough to warm the place up. Yeah. You know, it's amazing. Yeah. Stuff. Well, even um, now, when I go on these bike rides and rallies, I still pop tent in a Slayton bag and, you know. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. And you got lots of good friends to do it with. Yes. Yeah. And if I don't have friends to go with me, I make friends along the way. <laughs> right. And that's another thing I like about the biking community is riders everywhere will chat with yep. other riders no matter what mm-hmm. you know you pull up to a, a restaurant or a truck stop for a break stretch the legs and stuff and if there's riders there they'll chat with you yeah all the time it's awesome i always enjoy chatting with it's kind of funny the elderly ladies always want to talk and how they used to ride when they were younger and they you know <laughs> I remember yeah. when. Yeah. <laughs> I had one uh, actually yesterday. I was outside of Stubbs and uh, she came out and saw my bike and I was just getting on it. And she, I think she wanted to hop on the back and go for a ride. But <laughs> yeah. They, they tell you about the bikes they used to have. And you yep. know, the, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. When they start talking technical, that's when you know they really rode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah when they start naming uh different bikes they've you know yeah and i've i've encountered that i've had guys you know tell me oh i used to have this and i used to have that and i'm like mm, you're full of crap you know yeah, no <laughs> i used to have an 83 fat boy this one guy told me i used to have an 83 fat boy and i'm like oh yeah fat boy didn't come out till 1990 buddy yeah. <laughs> you, need, you need to change your story <laughs> Yeah. yeah yeah right on 
Um, what's your biggest motivator? <laughs> My wife. <laughs> Get your ass out of bed. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like, you know, I can sit still, you know, we, I can sit down and, uh, you know, watch a movie or whatever, but, or, you know, there's been weekends this last uh, year that we've <laughs> watched a whole season of something in an evening, but, uh, I like move being on the go. Yeah. You know, busy doing things. Yeah. I, uh, learning, learning or even yeah. learning. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, challenged myself uh the beginning of this month to put 10,000 steps on every day and uh, i've i've gotten it every day or not last month so i'm into my second month now um i'm down uh, 11 pounds and nice i put on 20 pounds the first couple of months of covid sitting around oh, i had a two uh, tin a day Pringle habit for a while there. <laughs> yeah, COVID weight. <laughs> yeah. I just got my COVID hair cut off here. Just, ah, it, it was, it was long. <laughs> yeah. Was I got long. a haircut on Tuesday, so that's why it's so short. Uh, when I first uh, got laid off, I wasn't going to cut my hair until I went back to work because it was, you know, in the beginning we were, thought it was going to be three four weeks right you know like, right okay see you in three four weeks then it turned into a couple of months and then uh i thought i think it was i went about five months without a haircut and i thought eh, i need to get well and then the next time i went to get a haircut they were all shut down <laughs> right so yeah, yeah i think i got mine cut so the whole covid thing started in march I think I got mine cut at the end of March. Yeah. It wasn't cut since. Yeah. Well, the last time I seen you, you had cut. quite long hairs. So. It, was, it was long. Yeah. It was long. My wife was kind of shaking her head at it. So it looks good now. I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, not bad. Well, for old guys like us, it's good to have a head of hair. Right. Exactly. That's what I keep yeah. telling her. At least it's still here. You know, my, my brother's friend a Dallas. My best friend Dallas is, uh, yeah, he's pretty bald, and my uh, my two younger brothers are pretty bald, so I'm pretty happy yep. with my hair. It's, oh yeah, keep it and grow it when you can. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. How do you know when you know? Oh, you just don't hesitate. Just do it. Right on. If you know it's just gonna, you, yeah, it's gonna happen. You just do it. Yep. Because you know. Yeah. Right on. Um, if you could do or be anything at all without any possibility of failure, what would it be? Well, when I was younger, I wanted to be a helicopter pilot. Oh, nice. Yeah, I that would. I don't even know why. I do not know why. I barely even saw a helicopter when I was young, let alone. But that's what I thought I wanted to be was a helicopter pilot. And then I became a dad in high school, and <laughs> yeah, that all went. Up. You know, I was, yeah, I took 
uh, all the mechanical classes in school and all that. And yeah, I thought I was going to be a mechanic. And I probably could have been a mechanic, but until it's kind of funny, until this last uh, couple of jobs, I had never had an interview. Oh, yeah. I never had a resume. Right. Until um, I think it was 2017, I had to, when I started with the city, I had to do a resume. And I'm like, I never had one before. Yeah. I, I would never, you know, I wouldn't leave a job until I had another job. Right. Except for when I was going back to school. And uh, it's always been, people have come looking to me, you know, to join their company and where, yeah. Nice. Yeah, it, it is nice. I started working like a, my first real job was uh, pumping gas for the turbo out by the drive-in when I was 14. And the guy that owned the, the turbo asked if I wanted to work for him. And at that time I was still going to school. Uh, so I worked there for five years. And then when I left there, I um, left the turbo I started for uh, Western Star Trucks. The guy that uh, was running Western Star Trucks in Lethbridge asked me if I wanted to be his uh, pickup driver. <laughs> you know, it just, and then uh, when I left Western Star, I started on the rigs and a friend of mine was working on the rigs and he says, says hey, we need a, a roughneck. Do you want to come work? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. I told me. I think I've only had two interviews in my life. And yeah, I, I've, I've always had a resume, but I've never had to interview. Mm. Throw in a resume and get a job. And it was like, hey, start Monday, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. But a lot of them were kind of word of mouth, too, you know? Know somebody that your brother worked for or talked to or something like that, you know? Yep. So that's kind of cool. When I was working at uh, Wesco Westinghouse, I was there five years running the warehouse and a new manager came in. And as soon as I met him, I knew my time was done. Uh, and uh, yeah, it took him about two weeks and he let me go. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's, it was an interest. I was driving home to tell my wife that I just lost my job. I didn't even get to the end of the street and the manager of the branch, the electrical wholesale branch across the street called me up. How he knew this already, I have no idea. And he just said, you start Monday. <laughs> I'm like. So it's one of your customers that came in your shop, went over there. Yeah. Uh, a real good friend of mine, uh, he came in and said, where's Mike? And they said, oh, we had to let him go. And he said to the, the manager at the time, someone needs to put a hole in your forehead so the rest of the shit you have for brains can leak out. <laughs> and, and I will never shop in this dealer sh in this uh, store again. And he yep. had a 
a pretty large electrical whole uh, electrical outfit here in town. Nice. And so he, he went across the street and told uh, the manager over there, you need to call Mike and hire him. So yeah. <laughs> I hadn't even gotten home to tell my wife that I lost my job and I already got a new job. <laughs> I got some good news and some bad yeah. news. <laughs> well, and I, I thought, you know, they, they gave me, uh, you know, I don't know how much it was, it was a pretty good chunk of money for, you know, cause I had been there five years and they had to buy my, they had to buy my stocks back and they had to do this and that. So I had a pretty good chunk of change and I was thinking, well, I'd take a month or two off right. and that, that didn't well, happen. You had because, to go to work Monday. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. When I, when I started there that Monday, I had no idea what I was going to be doing. And he said to me, everybody that starts here starts driving the pickup truck. And I said, well, that's great, but I can't make $7 an hour. You right. know, he says, oh, no, you'll, you'll make good money, but you're going you're gonna to start driving the pickup truck, then you're going to move into the warehouse, and then you'll be up on the counter. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> nice. You got to learn all parts of the business. Oh, yeah. Right. Yep. And they're, you know, they were the same, they're both electrical wholesale outfits, but they're both totally different businesses, so. Right, right. Different business model on each side. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and when I, I left being an apprentice electrician, when I hired on to the job down at the sewage treatment plant, which was a joy in itself, uh, the guy said, whichever you apprentices stick it out, he would find us a job at the end of the job. And one guy went into plumbing, one guy went into electrical and I went into electrical wholesale. Nice, right on. I'm a plumber, so I know how the sewage treatment plant is an awesome place to be. <laughs> I've literally been in hip waders up to my, uh, past my belt buckle in sewage. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Shit happens. It does, and lots of it. <laughs> what's one thing that you've accomplished in your in your life that you're most proud of <sighs> gee well i'm i'm quite proud of being uh, a young dad and sticking it out when my uh my we were together 21 years we just grew apart but when my uh, ex got pregnant at the age of 16 there was uh, seven other girls in the school district that got pregnant at the same time and i was the only one that stayed with the mother of their children right. so i'm pretty proud of that and we i wouldn't say we're friends well i wouldn't say we're enemies we we're very uh, cordial yeah, I'm probably gonna probably gonna see them her and her husband on Sunday at my daughter's house for an Easter egg hunt. Right. You know, we can be in the same room, and you know nobody's gonna go home bleeding. So. <laughs> <laughs> right, and that's that's the bottom line. As I I've been divorced too. My wife's been divorced too. Yeah. Not from each other, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> but um. But that's exactly it. Like, and as parents with kids, it's not about you and her. It's about yeah, you and the kid and her and the kid. 
Mm-hmm. So and you the just make it work. Exactly. Yep. So it, even if all it is is high, you know, you mm-hmm. be cordial and and you get along and you know, yeah. do the best you can for the kids. Yeah, so, definitely. Uh, is there anything in your life that you would like to go back and change? Well, <laughs> I definitely would like to go back and not get hit by that truck, but that's another story. True. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I can't think of anything I would, you know, being a, a dad young definitely made me grow up fast, but I wouldn't change it for anything. Right. I, I think I, I probably wouldn't have uh, hopped on the, uh, that job after I left the rig so quick, I might've might have gotten my grade 12, just to say I have it. You know, it hasn't, I don't think it's held me back at all, um, but you know, it is a nice piece of paper to have. Satisfaction. Definitely. Yeah. Now I have a, we have a friend, you and I, and, and she went back a couple of years ago and got her grade 12 and it didn't look easy. <laughs> I got my GED multi years later, and that was not easy either. Yeah. 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 Yeah, She worked on that for, you know, quite a few years to get it and night classes and day classes and stuff like that. And yeah. And doing it when I work. Yes. When I was going to go back and do it, I should have, because I was about, uh, 27 <laughs> you know not a, not exactly fresh out of high school but a lot right. of, uh, yeah 30 years a lot, after lot that fresher than now yeah <laughs> yeah well i know when when my grandkids we were down in the states a couple of years ago and my my one grandson's a brainiac he's like crazy smart and he come home with homework one day and he asked me, Paha, can you help me with my math? <laughs> yeah. And I was really good at math growing up in yeah. school. I, I got like 97s all the way through, right? And he brings this stuff in. I'm like, what is this? It's like, that's not math. Oh. <laughs> it's, things have changed so much with that. Oh, yeah. I mean, the basics are there, but the way they do it now is just crazy. Yeah. So going back and learning that would be brutal. Yes. <laughs> um, so you say there's a, a couple things you would change, but if you think about it, would you really change what's happened? I yeah. mean, even, so for example, even your accident, you know, yeah. yeah, you don't want it to happen, but but if it didn't happen, what would be different now? Well, my leg would be a lot better. <laughs> right, right. Uh, yeah. The day before the accident, I ran 5K before work, and I did it in 27 minutes. Oh, nice. Uh, I, I've started running again, but it takes me <laughs> about four times as long to do that same 5K now. Than, yeah. But. I'm hoping to get back to that. Yeah. 
Yeah, I always look back at things and say, okay, so if I did go back and change this, yeah, where, where would I be now? Mm-hmm. Especially, especially if it's something. I mean, you know, not getting your job right away and going to school, finishing your grade twelve, maybe that wouldn't change much. Yeah, but different things like, well, if I'd have taken the electrical job instead of the plumbing job, where would I be now? Mm-hmm. Right, like those kinds of things. I wonder if I did make that change, would I even have the life I have now? Like, yeah, who knows, eh? Right. It's it's. Sometimes I look back and think there's things I'd like to change, but I don't think I would. Yeah. Well, it's it's like Back to the Future, you know. Exactly. Exactly. If you've watched those movies, you know, you change one little thing, and all of a sudden the future is mayhem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally different time space continuum. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. What do you think has made the biggest difference in how successful you have become? Uh, definitely the way I treat other people. And I, <laughs> I like to have fun. Nice. Yeah. Even, you know, even on the job, I like to have fun. You know, you get the job done, but you can have fun while you're doing it. Right, right. How important is it to have good and honest relationships, whether it be work or home life or even just friends? Oh, that's huge. I, uh, I tell a story quite often of, when I was uh, 24 years old and I was working for Western Star Trucks and I, uh, I had three quarters of a million dollars cash, $750,000 cash. I was 24 years old. I was driving a brand new Ford pickup and I could have been over the border before anybody would even know I was gone. But I had a wife and kids at home. I had you know, lots of responsibilities. And it didn't even occur to me to, to take that money. I was worried that one of our mechanics might <laughs> smash me in the back of the head and take it on the way out of the, the building because there was a few shady guys there. But uh, yeah, honesty is huge. Um, even I haven't, well, in this new role I'm playing, it's not more honesty, but it's respect to the individuals that we work with and f- that, uh, you know, I'm not dealing with cash at all. Cash is a, is a very tempting uh, mistress for lack of better terms. Right. right. When, I, when I was working at the gas station Back when I was 14, 15, 17 years old, everything was cash back then. Right. You know, there was no there was no debit. Hardly anybody got to write a check at a gas station, you know. Right. So we were dealing with large quantities of cash. And um, one weekend the boss forgot to close the safe. <laughs> and uh, the cash went missing. And uh, he brought a, a company down from Calgary, Rocky Mountain Polygraph, 
and uh, basically lined everybody up at the lodge and said, one at a time, you're going to go through and have a polygraph test. And uh, everybody showed up for their polygraph tests, except for one guy. <laughs> and it didn't take them long to figure out who took the cash. Right. And uh, he ruined his life yeah. for a quick, quick score. Yeah. He, he was actually uh, uh, in the law enforcement program at the college at the time. Really? And I see him around town and I don't know if he's homeless, but he's damn close. And this has been, uh, you know, 40 years. Yeah. So he ruined his life by one stupid mistake. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the ones you wish you could go back and change. Yeah. Right. Uh, I've actually had three polygraph tests by that company. The oh, time really? I worked worked at the gas station. Uh, another weekend, um, same thing. Well, no, actually, the boss didn't leave the safe open. Well, he left the safe open, but he he came out to pump gas and went back in, and the money was gone. Oh yeah. And uh, it turned out it wasn't even a staff member. Someone else snuck in and took it. Really. So everybody lined up for a polygraph test and everybody passed and and i don't know if you've ever had a polygraph test but they are quite unnerving because you're thinking did i pay for that bag of chips last week did i right? i think it, did i maybe i didn't you know <laughs> oh i'd be sweating right off the bat i would yeah yeah uh and what what's even funnier about this story is years later i'm working sales at the harley dealership and this guy walks in and uh, I look at him and I recognize him right away. He's the guy that owns Rocky Mountain uh, Polygraph. <laughs> and he became, after that, he became a great friend. He passed away a couple of years ago and he had a, he had a partner and uh, those guys were human polygraphs. Oh yeah. Like it, it, <laughs> it's, he had a, <laughs> has a daughter that uh, quite liked me. And I was single at the time and uh, <laughs> she would make excuses to come down with him to like drop off his bike from Calgary or whatever. And right away he knew I was, <laughs> yeah, he's like, you tell. <laughs> well, those, those guys have that sixth sense and they can tell it by all your little quirks and stuff. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, soon as, you know, soon as I'd see him, I knew she was going to be somewhere near. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, nothing ever happened with us but we were definitely good friends and yeah yeah actually he he and his partner he was a calgary cop for many years him and his partner uh their wives told him they couldn't buy motorcycles oh yeah both quite quite well off guys and what they did is they came down and bought a pair of motorcycles both the same color both the same accessories and they told the, the wives, no, this is his bike. No, this is his bike. You know, <laughs> yeah. and they got away with it for a couple of years. And then the wives are like, come on, how stupid do you think we are? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. That is crazy. Who, or sorry, what is the greatest piece of advice anyone's ever given you and who gave it to you? Oh, well, 
I wouldn't say he, he has given this piece of advice to me, but many years ago, I, I picked up the, uh, um, what is it, mantra of you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Right, right. And I don't, you know, old 99 is uh, claimed that one for his. I'm not sure who originally said that, but. Uh, it's true. Yeah, it's yeah. definitely true. And, uh, and that's in every, everything, you know, it doesn't matter whatever you're doing, you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Yeah. If you want something, you have to go out and get it. Yep. Yeah. That's awesome. What will be meaningful to you in five years? Well, hopefully, uh, all this COVID stuff is long behind us and I'm back to my real world job I call it and uh, I'm you know looking at that light at the end of the tunnel of retirement (laughs) (laughs) right yeah you know uh, my city job is what I consider my retirement job and things were going great until COVID right Uh, so yeah another five years I'd like to be uh, semi-retired nice had a good taste of it uh last year (laughs) right yeah but uh yeah right now besides our uh, our house uh we have zero debt nice you know i i don't even have a i don't have a credit card payment i don't have a car payment you know and that's really nice i'm sure sometime in the near future next couple of years we will be getting a new vehicle and we will be having some sort of you know vehicle yeah maybe yes maybe no i don't know um a a new used vehicle so it's not too big well yeah (laughs) too much debt (laughs) yeah that's the one thing that bothers me is getting a new vehicle knowing how much you have to pay for it and you gotta finance it and it's like holy cow i I don't like financing toys. Yeah. But when I bought, when I bought my not my first Harley but my last Harley they had such crazy interest rates and um such 0.99%. Right. right. I paid $800 um over the the 3 years interest. Well, you, you're not going to make, if you had that $35,000 sitting in the bank, you're not going to make that $800 no, interest. So that when we did that, plus I saved, you know, thousands. Of, well, I think I, because I was working at the dealership when I bought it was when I was leaving the dealership and going to the city. And uh, yeah, so that's one toy purchase I don't regret. Because I wasn't paying nine and a half percent interest right. for seven years, and you know, right. paying fifteen thousand dollars in interest, three times the price of the bike. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's, it's ridiculous yeah. sometimes. Same with, uh, you know, some people get the credit card debt. I have one credit card; it's got a five hundred dollar limit. I figure if I can't get out of trouble for 500 bucks, I can stay there for the weekend kind of thing, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. 
Um, it's okay. Don't bail me out. I'll just stay here till Monday. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. Live life every day like there's no tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. What you said you worked at the Edmax and they they have a lot of events that go on there, hockey and circus and shows and things. What was the greatest experience you've ever had at the Edmax? Um well I got to meet um well crap. Now I'm blanking on his name. The <laughs> astronaut with Chris Hatfield. Oh right. The astronaut. I met him in the bathroom upstairs in the lounge. I was changing to work for the I went from the Harley shop to to uh working that night at the uh NMAX. And I was changing my clothes and he said to me, I've changed in smaller rooms than this. <laughs> that was quite memorable. And we laughed about it. And, you know, I recognized him right away. Obviously he was yeah. there for one of the greatness and leadership uh, events. I've met a lot of great people there. I had a real awesome conversation with uh, um, Wayne Gretzky when nice. he was here spent uh, quite a few uh, hours around him and his son and uh, I uh, had a great conversation with Martin Luther King Jr. the third cool. when he was there and uh, in 2009 I was in Washington DC and I went to the uh, Lincoln Memorial where uh, his great 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 grandfather gave the great you know the big i have a dream speech yeah and i had a picture of me standing there you know uh, over the placard and he thought that was very interesting that for lack of better terms this redneck from alberta would even take the time to stop right. and take a look at that let alone you know have a picture taken with it right I've met a lot of great uh, musicians there. Um, I I didn't really want need to meet um, a lot of them, but through the work, it, you know, I kind of get to meet them. Right. Um, I got to meet George Thorogood in uh, twenty um, twenty eighteen. And I had seen him several times before. I, I got to see him down in Sturges in 2004, me and 400,000 people in a field, you know. <laughs> and uh, I had, right after the show, I had gotten a big patch for my leather vest that said bad to the bone with a skull on it. Yeah. And I didn't need to meet him, but I wanted to get his autograph on that. Yeah. And, um, just before the uh, meet and greet, my boss came up to me and gave me uh, two meet and greet passes. Perfect. So I could go meet him because usually we don't, you know, we don't have a conversation with him unless they start it. Right. I think we don't ask for autographs. We don't ask for pictures or anything all, like that. All business. But I, yeah, you know, I uh, got to meet him and I, he autographed in the middle of the skull and, 
and everything, you know, it was great. And I still have the patch. I, I got a new riding vest and I didn't put it back on because I, I've got to put away in a, you know, a memory case. Nice. Uh, I, yeah, I've met a lot of great people there. I was uh, walking with uh, Dirks Bentley and chatting with him, walking him from downstairs to upstairs so he could perform a little uh, private show. And I was telling him that my five-year-old granddaughter was in the audience and she loves his uh, somewhere on a beach and drunk on a plane um, uh, songs. And uh, he took the uh, pin off his shirt that said riser air and gave it to me for her. You know, okay. it was, they were selling them for $7 at the, the stand, but he took it off his shirt and gave it to me for her. And that meant a lot. Yep. Yep. That's awesome. She, <laughs> quite an interesting kid, no different than your granddaughter, but she thought that Dirk Bentley was just going to be there to sing to her. Okay. <laughs> her first concert, she didn't know, you know, yeah. there was going to be, yeah. you know, 100,000 yeah, other people, people there. there. <laughs> yeah. So the show, you know, she's having a great time and the show is going on and everything. And then he, he was out on the, the far end of the, the arena and then he came down to a little stage uh just right down in front of her <laughs> and she in her mind he was there to sing somewhere on a beach to her <laughs> right to her that's awesome yeah <laughs> that is totally she, awesome. there's video of her singing along to it and everything and yeah so that was a great memory uh one of the great people i get to see and meet and uh, I think Lethbridge really doesn't appreciate him uh, enough is Ron Sakamoto. Oh, yeah. You know, he is a great guy. And uh, yeah, every time if he sees you out in the grocery store, he'll stop and say hi, if you know, yeah. kind of thing, kind of guy. He's the promoter, isn't he? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Golden Gold. And yeah. I don't know him, but I've heard his name a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I got to, uh, <laughs> I got to spend uh, two weekends uh, picking up, driving around, you know, taking out for supper with my wife, uh, two playmates, the 2014 playmate of the year and the 2015 playmate of the year. Nice. And uh, the 2014 Playmate of the Year, Raquel Pomplin, she was just an amazing human being. Nice. Uh, my wife loved her. My wife, um, she sat at the table and signed autographs all weekend for a show that was here. And uh, my wife was there and she said, no, you sit down with me and we'll, you know, they talked the whole day and she was calling my wife her Canadian mom. <laughs> you know, and all this stuff, and we uh, took her all over town, showed her all the big sites of Lethbridge, like the bridge behind you and the university, yep. and, you know, all this kind of stuff, and she was just loving it. The uh, 2015th uh, Playmate of the Year, I won't even mention her name, but she was so fake, 
there wasn't hardly a real part on her, including her personality. Um, yeah, it was, she didn't want to be in Lethbridge. She didn't want to be, you know, anywhere that she had to be. She was just a horrible, just a horrible person. Yeah. And, uh, where the other one, she loved it. She, you know, my wife and her were sitting there eating nachos and cheese and, you know, and having a great time where this other one, she didn't want to talk to anybody, you know, just get your picture taken and move on kind of person. And Hurry up so, and yeah, get out of here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it was quite an experience being, you know, and it was a three day uh, job that I had to, you know, pick them up at the hotel and bring them to the NMAX and drop them off at the hotel and all that. Actually, uh, the 2014 one, she went over to uh, my uh, father-in-law's house signed autographs, had a picture taken with him and everything, nice. you know, she, nice. she thought nothing of it. Where right the on. other ones, as soon, soon as her thing was done, she wanted to be back in Calgary and back on the plane and gone. Yeah. 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 Totally different personalities. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me three words that you think best describe you. Wow. <laughs> Dependable, fun, and well, handsome. <laughs> hey, you didn't have to laugh that hard. <laughs> I was choking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> that's awesome. Picture yourself in a room with a door. What does your door look like? Uh, it's a garage door, and I'm headed out it. <laughs> nice. What's on the other side? The open road. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Perfect. Perfect. If you could have lunch and a chat with anybody, dead or alive, who would it be? Wow. That's another good one. <laughs> well, I, geez, so many people I would like to have lunch with. You know, <clears throat> right off the top of my head, I have to say Elvis. You know, I'd love to have right lunch on. with Elvis. You know, <laughs> that'd be cool. Yeah, yeah that would, <laughs> that would be a, an interesting lunch. Uh, you know, there's the age old, I'd like to have one more lunch with my dad. Right. A lot of people say that. <laughs> a lot of people say yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, uh, I had a guy the other day that I interviewed actually last night. Um, he said, I would like to have a lunch with my dad and chat with him. But when he was like 19. Mm. Yeah. Right. And ask him, so what, what do you see as, as life moving forward for you? And that, you know, some pretty, he was talking about some pretty in-depth conversation with him. That would have been. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. If you could, if you could have lunch with Elvis, what would be one question that you would ask him? What got him into music, I guess. 
you know, we, we've all, I think most of us have seen him grow up and, and uh, my mom was a huge, you know, like a lot of women, my mom's age, they all cried when he died. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know what the, a good question for Elvis would be. Yeah. Yeah. Just chatting with him would be enough. <laughs> that would, it would be pretty cool. It would be a neat experience. Yeah. There's a lot that, that really kind of pop into my head when I think of that. Who, who yeah. Be, right? I think a really interesting uh, conversation in this day and age at this time would be the queen. Oh yeah, right. You know, the way <laughs> things are, all of all that. The stuff whole, going on. <laughs> when I was, uh, holy cow, I think I was four she visited Stratford, Ontario, and, you know, it had been a big thing because it was the uh, 1967 and, you know, everybody, centennial. the centennial. Yeah, so um, that was, there was pictures of her all over my, my grandpa and grandma were in the, uh, the army in the war, you know, Second World War and my grandma came from England. So, you know, she was tea at noon and all that kind of stuff and uh, red rose tea. So the queen coming there was a, a huge thing for her. So we all went down and watched the queen, you know, go down Main Street, Stratford, Ontario. And yeah, but I think she would be an interesting chat. Uh, yeah, as long as as long as you were allowed to ask any question you wanted. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's like a lot of people. Ah, you can't ask that. No, yeah. you, can't, you can't go there. You can't. Yeah. Yeah, that would be definitely interesting. I didn't watch the uh, Oprah special with uh, Prince Harry. I think it's Harry and his wife, but my wife did, and she told me all about it. Harry and Megan. Uh, yeah. Megan, yeah. Yeah. I think I was working in the garage on something more important. But... <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I think she would be an interesting chat. I would say, yeah. So picture yourself stranded on a desert island. You have a device with you. It never shuts off, but it can only play one song over and over and over. What, what song would that be? <laughs> oh, well, my, uh, my go-to song for years has been Summer of 69. Brian Adams. Brian Adams, yeah. yeah. A couple of years back, I actually got to see Brian Adams in Medicine Hat. As you can imagine, I don't get to watch concerts here in Lethbridge anymore. <laughs> I, I get busy. to work them and, yeah. you know, I get, to, I get to, you know, meet a lot of these people, but I don't get to sit and watch concerts unless yeah. I go away for them. And uh, when Brian Adams was coming into Medicine Hat the last time, Shannon and I went down and got to see the show. Nice. So yeah, Summer of 69 is my, my go-to. I've got a couple of DJ buddies here in town, uh, the DJ in the bars and you know whatever events. And whenever they see me, they throw on Summer of 69. Nice. It, it does drive my wife a little crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, 
I saw Brian Adams. We were living in Fort McMurray and my buddy from Safeway. We both worked at Safeway. We got off work at three o'clock that day and we drove to Edmonton in his Trans Am <laughs> to the Jubilee Auditorium, 1980. Yeah. And we saw him in the Jube in Edmonton. And, and it's a small place. Like this was before he ever made it big. Mm -hmm. But they had started playing his stuff on the radio. And Summer 69, of course, was one of the big ones. And so was yeah. uh, Straight from the Heart. But we saw him there and it was such a small venue. It was just amazing. It was, I would say it was probably, I wouldn't say it was the top concert I've ever seen, but probably one of them. Yeah. Very, very high up. Yeah. He's, he's awesome. And of course he was 40 years younger then too. Yeah. True enough. <laughs> true enough. Well, that's, that's what I, you know, I've seen ZZ Top back in the 80s. I've seen Def Leppard back in the 80s. Uh, you know, all these yeah. bands that are, yeah. Uh, ACDC, yeah. I think I, I've always been a, a big live music fan. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I've seen just about everybody. Uh, the only one I haven't seen, and I hope someday to be able to see, is Metallica. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have a very wide range of music that I can enjoy anything when it's, it's good. And live. And live. Yeah. I, uh, I can watch just about anything live. Yeah. One of my best friends growing up, his dad was an opera singer. And uh, so I, <laughs> I was around a lot of opera and I don't mind it, you know, it, so it's it just, yeah. yeah interesting that's awesome i've seen everybody from you know sweethearts of the rodeo to uh <laughs> some really obscure metal bands that uh, probably don't even exist anymore but uh, right sex pistols yeah <laughs> i've never seen them live no no no, no. yeah right on so final question, Michael Fick has gone, gone through his whole life. He's done everything he's ever wanted to do, rode every road that he's ever wanted to ride on his bike, had all the experience he's ever wanted, learned everything he's ever thought of learning. And when he passes away from this world, he has to take everything with him. Nobody has a clue who Michael Fick is, but you can leave behind three lessons for life for future generations, what would they be? Wow. <laughs> That's... Well, I think uh, everybody needs to learn how to change a tire. <laughs> Good you call. Know? Yep, yep. Uh, I know a lot of guys that wouldn't know how to change a tire if they had to, you know, it's, that's something that everybody should learn. I think, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure my wife couldn't change her own tire if she had to. I know I've been called several times to come and <laughs> to do it. Uh, life lessons, enjoy life to the fullest. And, uh, 
don't have any regrets. Nice. Awesome. Love it. Thanks for joining me, Mike. I appreciate you getting on with me and uh, chatting. Oh, it's been a lot of fun. Cool a lot experience. of fun. Yeah. Yeah. And hopefully people watching can take advice or, or thoughts and maybe implement them in their lives or, you know, maybe or not. Keep, or keep watching. <laughs> not yet. They will oh, when okay. I put this out. <laughs> okay. And where is this going? It'll go on my Facebook page and on okay. YouTube. Okay. And, and podcasts. It'll be voice broadcast on podcasts. Uh, so. One thing I learned many, many years ago, and I'm sh sure you've noticed, I don't like to swear. I don't like swearing. Yeah. You know, I have. I do. You know, but there's a time and a place. Right. And, uh, you know, when I worked the rigs, it, it was uh, second nature to swear. But when I came home to my wife and kids, I don't think my kids ever heard me swear. Yeah. I'm pretty sure my daughter has never heard me swear. Nice. So. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. It's been a pleasure, Mike. I appreciate it. And uh, thanks for your time tonight. I'll oh, my pleasure. Family. It's been fun. Yeah. Uh, thanks for joining I us. Some, I just missed some silly TV show or something. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, there you go. You'd have been out in the garage anyways. <laughs> I was out there earlier. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. This has been Lessons for Life with my guest, Mike Fick, and I am Troy Hudkins, your host. Tune in again for another episode. Thank you for joining us.